here on this Tuesday, Takes on Takes, It's Back, edition of the show. Kyle, good morning, welcome. The world has resumed spinning on its axis, Takes on Takes is back. Never will we ever. There was great concern. Not bad for a show idea that's apparently dumb. (laughs) We read the comments. Sometimes. Sometimes. I like to forget about it for about two months and then fire them up and see. What oh, yeah. Play. Just do it in mass. Yeah. Hope that the good outweighs the bad and then keep going. <laughs> and then and then you just check out some other podcasts as well while you're at it. Make yourself feel better about it. You know, right. It's like, yeah, that's it. We might as well Let's see what else is going on around. They're saying the... about Ben and Trevor over there. Right. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, boy, Kyle. Uh, hey, it's, how about Jadavion Clowney? He turned down 17 million from the Miami Dolphins. Good idea. Brother, <laughs> fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. Uh, I feel very confident in saying two things. Clowney will not get a third chance from the Dolphins. (laughs) Bye. Yeah, for real. And Clowney will not sign a deal equivalent to what the Dolphins offered. No, not even for one year. he, He will take less money than that. Uh, the other uh, note is uh, Miami Dolphins quarterback Tua Tungavailoa looked pretty good there uh, on that video he posted last night. Yeah, see, I'm I'm trying not to overreact because I, with someone of sports science background but absolutely no medical background whatsoever, have no idea if that video is good, <laughs> have no idea what that means for his prognosis, have no idea what it means for his timetable. I don't know anything at all. All I know is he'd look like a normal quarterback doing normal drills. And that is probably a win. It's just a question of uh, what the scans say when it comes time for him to visit his personal doctor and send the scans out to the 32 teams. Uh, You know that I want the Dolphins to get Herbert, right? Yeah, because you think Tua is a notably better prospect than Herbert. And I still like Herbert, but I feel like I want you to to live the. the yeah, life but here's of- the here's the thing, I I would like Herbert. I would like if you told me I could walk out of this draft with any of the top four quarterbacks, I would be fine with it. So the thing the thing is like this, and and this is not even like about Herbert as a player or, or like my belief in him being a good NFL quarterback. When I tweeted a clip of Justin Herbert, like maybe 10 days ago. And I saw the reaction. I was like, Oh brother, (laughs) this is, this is Josh Allen. Allen. He's the new Josh Allen. He sucks. Oh oh my God. Did you see how he left that ball three millimeters to the right? (laughs) I, uh, I wish many good things for you in your life, Kyle, but, uh, (laughs) (laughs) getting to a versus Herbert is not one of them. No, just because I want you to live this. And it, it doesn't mean that I think you don't think Justin Herbert can be a, a not cannot be a good quarterback in the NFL, but you deserve to live this life. You do. Well, 
Eh, knowing my luck, I probably will. But I've told you, my big key to improving my mental well-being and experience on social media is just never read the comments. <laughs> well, at least you're at a point now where you're good with Herbert. I was never at a point where I was good with Josh Allen. And, and, and then they took him. And then they took him, and then it just got worse in his first eight games. I'm like, oh, no, this is as bad as I thought it would be, maybe worse. And then he like started to play what better the second half of his rookie season, and it's like, okay, I, I guess I'm okay now. But man, I, at least you're at this point because I fought it up until the second the words yeah. Josh came out of Paige's mouth when yeah. she, she announced you're like, is it Rosen? Josh. <laughs> uh, and I died right then and there. I remember. Oh. I remember that moment very vividly. I'll never forget it. <laughs> takes let's do takes on takes. Takes right? on takes. Take from Paul. Yeah. Who's getting it? You want this? You want to give it to uh me? give it to me. Because mm-hmm. I want you to have the next one. All right, fine. Mike Evans will be one of the last dominant possession receivers we will see in the NFL as long as the league gets faster and faster. Mm, no, I disagree with this because everything in the NFL is cyclical, right? It's it's everybody trends towards one thing, the rules, and right now it's spacing. And then you're going to get that team, the Tennessee Titans, who comes out of left field, and they just beat the tar out of you. And they run the football, but because your defenders are smaller and they want to play out in space, you're going to condense everything and you're going to run right at them and dare you to stop. I think you'll see a lot of the same cyclical tendencies across all positions in the league. So, yeah, I think there's a, a clear premium on separation right now, but but those guys that are still big bodies – they can still dominate at the catch point, and that will always be the case. That's why they are are good. It's because they they do something untraditional in that typically separation is king versus the guys who are go up and get it guys. And I think those guys will always exist, and, and you may see teams gravitate towards them less and then more, but I don't think that, that possession receivers necessarily is an archetype that's going to disappear on us. Kyle, we have to go down an early rabbit hole. We have to do this. Okay. okay. I have the the receiving leaders from last year, 2019. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to read them to you. You you say possession receiver or not. Okay. Okay. Michael Thomas. Yes. Julio Jones. He can be. We'll, say, we'll, we'll go firm possession receivers or not. So that we'll say no there. Unless yeah. you think he is. Okay. Chris Godwin. Uh, no. Okay. Devontae Parker. Uh, yes, he definitely is. Okay. Keenan Allen. Uh, route running technician, so no. Ooh, okay. Kenny Galladay. Yeah, kind of. Okay. Amari Cooper. No. DJ Moore. No. Jarvis Landry. DeAndre Hopkins. I think Nuke's a dominant catch point receiver. I don't know if I want to call him a possession receiver. Okay. Cooper Cup. No. Mike Evans. Yes. Allen Robinson. Yeah. Okay. So that's yes. We have four definite yeses. And probably three or four, like, 
Yeah, kind of. Fringe, or they can yeah. be. Yeah. It's like half. In the yeah. year 2019, I think it's still a thing. Thanks, Joe. I'm glad we went down that rabbit hole together. Yeah. Okay. Take from Ian Rahulaport <laughs> from the Premium Slack channel. By the way, if you're not in TDM Premium, uh, lots of great features coming out. My uh, 2020 NFL Draft Prospectus Top 150 drops tomorrow. Oh, uh, so another 50. Yep. Another 50 players getting added on for formalized, finalized reports with player grades, prospect comparisons, full on film notes. Uh, Benjamin Solak's contextualized quarterback series has started to unveil or un- roll out. He's got Herbert and Tua out as we speak. Uh, the TDM Premium Slack channel, trades in the mock draft machine. Lots of great stuff. TDN or the draftnetwork.com slash. TDN dash premium take best fits for quarterback needy teams. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to say team and name and you say yes or no. Okay. Bengals, Joe Burrow. No. Ooh. Dolphins. I'm not not taking into consideration that like the opportunity for them to get this player. I'm talking. Yeah. Yeah. So no, Joe Burrow is not the best fit for the Cincinnati Bengals. Dolphins and Tua. Yes. Chargers and Anthony Gordon. Sure. Raiders and Jalen Hurts. No. Bucks and Jacob Eason. Yes. Patriots, Jake Fromm or James Morgan. Yes. About as polar opposite players as you can get. Yeah, but I was focusing on Jake Fromm there. So. Colts, Justin Herbert and Jordan or Jordan Love. Yes. How do you how do we get Herbert and Love to the same team? Oh, because he's the Colts fan. Get out of here, Ian. <laughs> Rahul? Okay, so let's pick one for the Colts, and the other one has to go to the Chargers. We gave Anthony Gordon. Yeah, they get Jordan Love. Okay. And then the Colts, Justin Herbert. Yes. So who's the Bengals? (laughs) Um, Maybe Tua. And then Dolphins, Joe Burrow? Yes. Okay. I'm good. But Dolphins, I don't know. I, I think the Dolphins are good for either one, to be honest with you. Yeah. It's nice to have a coaching staff it's that you good believe Good have options. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Bengals, Greg. This is, I saw this come through and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a slam dunk good idea. The Bengals will trade Dalton to the Patriots for a guard. Well, see, if the Patriots bring on anybody, they're going to have to move some salary. There's 14 right there. Yeah. What's Andy making this year? 16. Is that with guarantees? It's. I think it's completely cuttable. I don't know about guarantees. Okay. 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 It's no dead cap, though. Uh, will this happen? I don't know, man. Like, Brian Hoyer said he signed in New England because they told him he was going to get a chance to compete for the starting job. Do I believe that? God. No. But at the very least, the Patriots, Joe, the Patriots, are you listening to me? I'm listening. All right. Lean into your computer. Get in here nice and close. Okay. 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 Yeah. The Patriots told Brian Hoyer he would be competing for the starting job in 2020. Music ears. <laughs> um, I think the Patriots would need to move a player asset to make a trade happen for Andy Dalton. So if you look at their roster and movable players and 
I think a guard with either Shaq Mason or, or Joe Thune is about as good of an asset as you're going to get to move. It's a question of what other peripheral pieces are needed. I could see yeah. this happening. It's not a, it's not a one for one. You're going to get, you're going to want more no. than Dalton for, for Tooney or Mason. So. Yeah. Uh, okay. This is for you from Vontel. Say that you're an owner of a new NFL team, but you only have four cities to choose from Salt Lake city, San Antonio, Birmingham, and Oklahoma city. How would you rank them in order of most want to least want? So this is really fun, and I really appreciate that Vontel gave us four cities that don't have like an NFL team or like really much in the way of professional sports outside of you know some basketball, NBA teams, you know, the Thunder and the Spurs and Jazz. Um, last on my list is going to be Birmingham, and that's because I was in the stands for an Alabama loss, <laughs> and I, can't, I those guys, those people there in Alabama, man, they have a skewed perspective of. Uh, of what is normal fo- football because oh yeah it was like fire Nick Saban after the game oh, and shit jeez man the guy next to me that, that guy was legit man I don't want that at all um, so number one on my list is going to be uh, Oklahoma City I don't think they have any professional sports outside they of they got Thunder. the Thunder yeah, yeah but that's like a, a new newer thing right like San Antonio is my two but the reason it's two is because I mean the state of Texas has tons of professional sports so. Oklahoma City one, San Antonio two, Salt Lake City three, Birmingham four. Hey, what's that song? Um, the stars at night are big and bright, no deep idea. in the heart of Texas. You don't know that? I mean, not based. I on was that. thinking the stars at night are big and bright, deep in the heart of Texas. No, nope, nothing, nope, nothing. Oh. What's your order, man? San Antonio is my one. I was I was gonna roll into it with that, and you kind of shit the bed there on me. So, <laughs> counting on me to understand your references is always a bad yeah. But Joe, it sounds like it's a country song, dude. It's <laughs> it like the like one thing I would expect you to know. It's like a folky song that like you learn in elementary school if you live in Texas. I don't know that. The stars at night are big and Perry Como, deep in the heart of Texas. When was it really? Sixty four. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't IMDb it. Um. Okay, let's get back on track here. San Antonio is my one. Oklahoma City is my two. Salt Lake City is my three. Only because the market's so small relative to some of the other ones we're working with here. Birmingham's my fourth. Same reason for you. The expectations would just be through the roof. What are you laughing at? <laughs> just thinking about that guy in the stands, man. <laughs> I was so mad. I'm like, holy hell. <laughs> it's like no perspective for what's it's like normal. Alabama was like a top three team in the country and just lost to another top three team. And this guy was getting ready to just start swinging at people's cars on the way out. Ugh. All right. Take from Adam Holt. Keenan Allen is a top five wide receiver in the NFL right now. No, he's he's not far behind, but he's not top five. I think Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, uh, New Hopkins. Um, he's top 10. Yeah, he's top 10. Yeah, he's top 10. I, we're splitting hairs. I hate some of these tier things are really difficult. I made the mistake of putting a poll on Twitter of the best safety tandem in the NFL. And it's like, man, we are just splitting hairs because you only can pick four options. And it's like, I don't know, four through eight are probably the same. 
It's like, oh yeah, it's a good. They're good safety. Teams. And then it's like, I can't believe you left this yeah. this duo off. And it's like, well, I only got four slots. Right, and so it's I don't know. Yeah, he's the top ten receiver. He's really good. I'm glad you're getting this one. Coop, <laughs> Coop, they what is this? Coop, they dupe. Coop, they dupe. Coop, they dupe. Uh, take. If McKenzie Milton hadn't suffered that brutal injury and was in this year's draft class, I would take him over any quarterback not named Burrow or Tua. No. There were some weird there were some weird comps with him, man. There was like Steve Young type talk with him. Yeah, I know. And like I remember watching enough of him. I never really put him under like the fine tooth comb. But I remember watching enough of him, and like it, this was when like UCF had the gall to announce themselves the national champions and all that nonsense, right? <laughs> yeah. So I remember I saw plenty of UCF football in this stretch. And he's a great college quarterback, really mobile, does well off script. I didn't think his arm popped in the way that you would expect for a top quarterback prospect, and he kind of struck me as a visual like a point and shoot style quarterback where I didn't really see the higher level thinking of anticipatory throws and ball placement with deliberate intent. So I'm going to pass on this take from Coupe de Dupe. I'm actually not even just passing them all the way out. Mm. Drew Blake Rams first round pick will be higher than the Jaguars first round pick in 2021. Cause Jaguars have both picks. They have both. Yeah. Okay. First of all, uh, Rams logo color scheme. Quick thoughts, Kyle Mm, missed opportunity. Yeah. The NFL memes that fix it in 10 minutes. It's pretty crazy, right? It's like they, they blended the two concepts and it's immediately like the best render of anything that got put out. Yeah. Because my initial thought when I saw the first Ram was like that, you know, that thing that you would go into like Texas Roadhouse and see like on the wall hanging, you know, like a Ram skeleton yeah, the, head. The Ram's head. Like this thing is dead. And now that all they did was kind of like curl that horn, that back horn through the eye thing. And it's like makes it alive and fierce. And then to get the LA in there and the better shading on the, on the uh, horn is just like, wow, you, you really fixed it. And um, I don't think I hate it as much as a lot of people, but when I saw that very subtle upgrade, I'm like, man, like this is just better. I want to see what the whole kit looks like though. You know, like what are right. we putting on these helmets? What are these jerseys? I, look like? I will bet you anything. They're entirely too loud. Really? It's LA. Why are we changing the chart? The chargers are getting a total new logo and concept. Wait, Why? What? what? Yeah. Kyle, I'm beside myself. Chargers are getting a, a complete rebrand. Oh, yes, according did to... You, did you see the Tua swap I put in the TDM Premium Slack last night? Uh, no. Okay, he was in a Chargers uniform. Here, I'm going to send it to you right now. I'm going to text it to you. Make text. sure your phone... Yeah, make sure your phone's not on vibrate. I want everybody to hear it come through. Okay, hold on. It's always on silent. So, all right, now it's silent mode is off. So it'll make a noise. I feel like they just have to go to these uniforms. It's sending. Okay. It's in the cloud. It's still in the cloud. See this is awkward. This has become awkward now. 
feel obligated to just keep talking and fill the noise. You're the one that wanted the noise on. The bar's about 80% full. That little blue bar across the top, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, now it's stopped. Wonderful. This is going well. Okay, so what were we talking about? <laughs> Answer the take first, and then when the ding comes, we can okay. resume. Uh, so the, basically the point he's making is that the Jaguars will have a better record than the Rams next year. That's worse. That's what he's saying. That's, that's what he's saying. Yes. <laughs> no, I think the Rams will have more wins than the Jaguars. You remember when, uh, what, what do you think the Rams prognosis is for next year? Seven wins, six, seven wins. Remember when Sean McVay like walked on water? That was fun. <laughs> yeah, not good. I may have to resort to sending this in Slack. It's bothering me. Yeah, th- this is taking a weird amount of time. You, I mean, I'm, I'm like, can, I'm I'm literally sitting right next to my Wi-Fi router, and I'm on the Wi-Fi. Do you now have, they just they just both send at the same time. So you have uh, there it is. Do you there have it is. Uh, internet cell towers there in uh in Delaware? Not anymore. Um, okay, so this is like um, this is like so Stan like Humphrey's er- version. Yeah, early two thousands, right? Um, yeah, it's. I mean, it's nice. I I, I like. It's I think all about, navy blue. I think about Sean Merriman in this and Natron Means, you know, and um, what a name drop. What about David Boston? Yeah, with those hulking biceps, of course. <laughs> Quentin Jammer, remember Quentin Jammer? Yeah, who else is on that team? I mean, we're 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 spanning like 15 years of Chargers football here, but holy cow, who was like 2001 with Drew Brees? Um, LT obviously. Yeah, Ladanian Tomlinson was on that team. Who were the good receivers that he had? I know I'm, somebody, I'm sitting right? here. My I am I smoke is pouring out of my ears trying to figure out. People are yelling. Oh, okay, at us right now. timeout, 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 timeout. The year is 2001. The Chargers quarterbacks are Drew Brees and Doug Flutie. Who is the head coach of this football team? Marty Schottenheimer. No. 2001. Uh, North Turner. North Turner. No. North Turner was the offensive coordinator. Uh, you are going to shit your pants. The head coach of the Chargers in 2001? Yes. It's not one of the two guys I just said? No, it is not. Um, I guess I'm out. I don't know. Mike Riley. Oh, boy. Yeah. Can you believe it? Here, wide receivers on this team were Tim Dwight, yeah, Kurt, Curtis Conway. Curtis Conway's a good player. Yeah, yeah. he was. He had uh, 1,100 yards that yeah. year. Uh, Jeff Graham had 800 yards, averaged 16 yards catch. And Joe, the second leading rusher on this team was Doug Flutie. <laughs> LT, had, LT had 1,200 yards. Doug Flutie had 192 was the second oh, leading rusher on yeah. the team. No one, who, was the, who got the most carries after, like, as an actual running back besides LT. Terrence Fletcher. And how many did he have? 25? 29. (laughs) Who's their leading sacker? uh, Leading sacker. Yeah. uh, Marcellus Wiley had 13. Yeah, Yeah, I love Marcellus. Rodney Harrison was on this team. Yeah, that's a good... good Junior Seau. Yeah, how did we forget Junior Seau? The first name we should have thought of in those uniforms. What about Adrian Dingle? You remember Adrian Dingle? That's not a name that pops for me, no. No, I just heard saw the name Dingle and felt okay. compelled. All right, I see. I thought it was a test. I'm like, nope, I'm not doing this. Yeah, <laughs> <Duke name. laughs> 
<laughs> like Nick Bo- Bofa. Right? Wait, wait, Tim Dwight. <laughs> they traded like something reasonable for him, didn't they? Or was it like a second round pick they got him for the Falcons, or the Falcons gave a second round pick for him? It was like a bigger deal than I thought it was going to be. Tim Dwight trade. Oh, my yeah. producer's on. No, he was part of the LT trade. He was like a throw-in in that deal from the Falcons to the Chargers. It was like part was of the deal. Part, he was part of the Mike Vick trade. Mike Vick trade. There it is. I knew it was something. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Wait, what that is the Mike Vick trade, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. All right. We went. Okay, that's a weird rabbit hole to go down. Yeah, you were talking about rabbit holes. We went down. There you go. Middle of draft season. We're going on talking about the 2001 <laughs> Chargers. <laughs> Mike Riley, and Tim Dwight, and Adrian Dingle. Subscribe. Make sure you don't miss anything. <laughs> uh, Bull Bittler says the over under of years. Bel- Bill Belichick remains the head coach of the Patriots is three and a half. My take is smashing the under. Well, Bill's what? 67. I guess. Yeah. So he's the second. I believe he's the second oldest coach in the NFL behind Pete Carroll. Really? Those are the two oldest, huh? I believe so. Yeah. Bruce is up there, right? Yeah, he is. Uh, I'll take the under on three and a half. How old's Flores? Brian Flores? Like 40, right? Young. He's, he's like 39, 40. Yeah, McDermott's young. Like, could you imagine if those guys, I'm, like... I noticed you didn't mention Adam Gase there. Yeah, I'm convinced <laughs> there's not one Jets fan or Patriots fan that listens to this podcast. <laughs> they probably gave up a long time ago. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure, I'm sure we're not dealing with... Like, the percent, if you took all of the teams, right, you took all of the listens that we get for the Lockdown, or for this Draft Dudes podcast, and you you split them up by percentage of fan base, you know, like yeah, Patriots they're bottom Jets, they're bottom five. Yeah, really low, really low on the list. If you're if you're a Jets or Patriots fan that listens to draft dudes, tweet at us, please. Let us know. Yes, and thank you. I and thank you, honestly. Yeah, thank I you. mean we 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 do like to have some fun, like divisional rivalry stuff. But I think we've. I feel like when we when we dog the Patriots, it comes out of a place of respect for because of what they've been able to do. For sure. And I like a lot of the Jets pieces. They just don't like their head coach decision. Yeah, that was that was the when you. Yeah, right. Like, that's the thing. Gase. Yeah, <laughs> it becomes so easy when it's Gase because I saw it and it was your third choice. And then you doubled down on it. But uh, Jay Leggett, 65. Jalen Hurts was a better second or third round pick than Jordan Love would be in the first. <sighs> that's meaty. I OK, so here's what I'm going to say. Love in the first is better. I think he has his issues are more fixable, in my opinion, than Hertz. Okay. I think I have more of a natural, more natural instincts and uh accuracy from love as a Hertz. passer. Yeah, as, as a, a passer. Pass. With yeah. Hertz, I just think his 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 triggers really, really slow. And I think that he has those. I think he's going to get himself in trouble. He's going to have to make some stylistic changes in the NFL. But I, I like I like Jalen Hurts over Jake, Jake Fromm. Eason or Jake Fromm. Yeah, yeah. I've I have Hurts about both those guys. I've okay. Hurts as, as a uh, I believe he's a third round grade for me. Yeah, and he's QB five. Like it's the it's Burrow to a Herbert love and then hurts is five yeah I, I i'm with you there and i think most people would probably have eason above them and so yeah give me give me hurts uh okay this i'm glad you're getting this this is fun eric says with stefan Diggs coming to buffalo and a need at cornerback opposite trey white brandon bean trades up in the second round to secure trayvon Diggs. 
He gets mentored by Trey White and Josh Norman, and the Diggs brothers are happy to play together in Buffalo. All right, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Ceiling for Trayvon Diggs is a draft pick is pick blank. It's so tough. Like maybe uh, we're the Eagles pick at 21. I saw if he him. Gets, if he gets past Carolina, who I believe is picking 39. Mm-hmm. I think you can entertain this thought. But teams are going to draft a long athletic corner early. I wouldn't I wouldn't marry myself to this until you reach a certain threshold in the draft where you're not going to kill yourself to trade up. Yeah, and I think that's where I'm at with it. Now, the Bills still have seven seven picks in this draft, but I think McDermott's ability to develop defensive backs probably makes it a better idea to just see who comes to you and pick from that pool if you want to go that route at 54. Because they'll have options. Right. But Diggs is probably like a dream type scenario. For sure. And especially if, you know, you don't have to. He's got a big strike zone. You know, yeah. I look at I look at the the pick range, expected pick range for a lot of these guys. And Diggs is probably one of the bigger strike zones that I can diagnose of the top corners. It's like 20 to 60. I mean, honestly, right. 20, 20 he, to 60. He literally has like a full round's worth of variability <laughs> in where he could go. Uh, okay, this one's for you from Dion. A better format for the NFL would be to have free agency after the NFL draft. I uh, I saw this when I assembled this last night, and I think it would probably be better for the veterans that they could have an understanding of where teams invested young talent and where they could go into it and really have a chance to, you know, have a real chance to to make the roster and contribute. Uh, and so for that reason, I like it. I, I mean, part of me is satisfied with the way things are. And I like the idea of from a roster construction standpoint to be able to go into free agency and, and fill your needs and then allow your, yourself to kind of take that a, a more of a macro view of the draft and really have specific ideas in terms of where you want to add young talent based on what you're able to do in free agency. I can see the benefits of both. And so that's why I have a hard time with definitively saying it's a better format. I, I'd be very curious of your take on this. Uh, I, I think it's better from a team building perspective for teams to, at least you kind of know with free agency guys who you could probably have some interest with guys who you have a realistic chance of landing. Um, it makes it harder to draft yeah. because you have to strategize where you're, you're spending before you get into the piece of it that I feel like has more variability and hostility. Yeah. Which is the NFL draft. So at least with free agency, you kind of have, I feel like you can get a better vibe on it. So having that after the draft, which is kind of the more wild card approach and event, I think is better from a team building perspective, but I, I really struggle with what it would look like to change it and how you could No, it's been done this way for so long and it's not broke. So how are we going to fix, how are we going to fix what's not technically broken? 
And one thing that I've really enjoyed in the aftermath of the first wave of free agency is hearing some of the insider stories about how deals went done and what spurred things to happen and the domino effect of, you know, the the Dolphins didn't get clowny, so they went out and paid Shaq Lawson and I think another player. It's just like there's these domino effects that happen that you're setting yourself up for some weird potential holes given the uncertainty of free agency and who you can actually strike deals with. And, you know, I also feel like you need that time window to scout and get the, the, the draft process done so that way you can have your team assembled by, like, June 1. So it's weird to me, man. I think I like it the way it is. Yeah, I always, for, uh, selfishly from a, if I were building a team, I would want the draft first before I have to sign free agents. But from a logistics standpoint, I think it makes the most sense the way it is now. Okay, here we go. Uh, this one's for you. Dennis says, Rugs to Denver was a perfect match in mock drafts the past weeks. Now that San Francisco has an ideal position to select a top three wide receiver in the upcoming draft, the Denver Broncos should be prepared to trade up a couple of spots to secure either Judy, Lamb, or Rugs. Keep in mind, Denver is loaded with capital. Yeah, Denver's got a lot at their disposal. Um, be interesting, wouldn't it, to see the, the Broncos wide receiver choice get undercut from them by the team that they traded Emmanuel Sanders to in the first place. <laughs> yeah. That'd be interesting. Um, yeah. I think if I'm Denver, I don't necessarily know. I know they want some, some downfield speed to, to complement drew lock and what they have in Cortland Sutton. But I mean, we talked yesterday on the show about them potentially being a, a landing spot for Robbie Anderson too. So they, I think they have they just, enough. Play. Didn't they just sign okay. some reasonably good receiver? Uh, does your producer have that information on hand? Uh, yeah, my producer's working on that. I thought it was a good pickup, and my computer is being very slow. Man, we are a hot mess today, aren't we? Uh, a little bit. A little bit. Technology making it longer than it has to be. People are yelling um, at us right now. To, <laughs> to answer the question, I think the Broncos should be more receptive to taking one of the top three wide receivers and not marrying themselves to a single player. That's how I would handle this if that were if I were them. Yeah. Uh, no, by any time are we done? You you tried, but I... All right. Uh, last take of the day. It's from Morgan Lewis. There will be a playoff game in Miami in the 2020-2021 season. No. Um, the So do we go seven teams in the playoffs this year? I think so. Yes. We do. And so the the home teams would be the – oh, here we go. The top would be the, th- the four division winners? No, it'd be the three division winners because number one gets a bye, and then what the best wild card team gets a home playoff game? No, it'd be still be division winners. Joe. Right? Kyle. Three playoff games, three division winners. You have two playoff games. In the wild card weekend, or is it three? Here's my math skills. I'm thinking on the fly. There's three. It's seven minus one is six divided by two is three okay, games. So you still have three games. So you have three division winners. So okay, what he's saying is the Miami Dolphins win the AFC East. Yes. No. No, you don't think so? No, I don't think so. If there no. was every year it was going to happen in the last 10 years. 
No, and let me let's can we be I'll be level headed with you here. Yeah. The the Bills are an improved 10 win team from last year. Yeah. The the Jets finished the season strong. We don't necessarily love what they did in terms of upgrading that roster, but they did things that they think are going to make it better. Sam Darnold's not likely to have mono last, you know, next year. And then Miami, who I think has an extremely bright future are still coming out of this year one of basically a, a really brand new football team that, you know, we'll see what happens if they draft a, a rookie quarterback and when they play. Um, I know that Fitz will probably start the season, but at some point we know this happens, right? Like the rookie quarterback gets a chance to play. And I just don't know that this is the year that I would think it'd be the best idea to peg the Dolphins to win the division. Yes, I agree with you. But I'm looking forward to home playoff games for the Miami Dolphins at some point. You knew this and I didn't. How do you know that's it? We're done. We're done. Draft dudes, we're signing off. It's a mystery of life how Kyle knew that song and you didn't. But all I know is another takes on takes is in the book. We are signing off. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, thanks as always for listening to the Draft Dudes Podcast. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.